0: Welcome to Season 2 of Join the Dots. We've spent our careers giving advice on the environment and learned that choices are never straightforward, but that working through the complexity is rewarding. Here, in each episode, we meet someone new who deals with such complexity in a different way. You can find more information about this and other episodes on our website, jointhedotspodcast.com. And we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. here today with NG Pania Arenas who is a playwright NG and I met a few months ago as part of the Good Cop Bad Cop theatre festival organised by the Rising Tides Theatre Charity that coincided with the COP26 in Glasgow. We met with Angie, we were paired to talk about climate change and theatre is not my day job but it's my passion, it's the lifeline for me so I'm super excited to be speaking to Angie who is a playwright. Angie, hello.
1: Hi. Hello, who are you, how are you? What's a playwright? (laughs) Well, I'm only just figuring that out because I'm very early on in my career as a playwright. It's even weird to call myself that, but I think (laughs) a lot of playwrights have that at the beginning of their career. They're like, oh, I write something, but is it right for me to call myself a playwright? And I think a lot of people have called you that. Then you are, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I started doing playwriting actually in university. So I went to the University of East Anglia. And I studied drama there because for me, theatre and drama has always been a big part of my life since secondary school. That's been the thing that I've always had my biggest interest in. I've been quite blessed in the sense that I attended a youth theatre company called Company 3 when I was in college. And they're an Islington-based youth theatre company, which I'm also very blessed to work with them full time now so I did the whole journey of having been part of the company and now work with them so I did a golden arts award with them and then from there on I did sort of two years with them I was able to see the day-to-day runnings of what it means to have a theatre company. For me, that I've always loved is working with young people. And then I went to university. So I did a BA in drama at the University of East Anglia. And the really good thing, I guess, about that university is that we had our own drama department with our own stage. We had playwrights that would come in and teach us some modules and we did also things on radio plays and film was a subject as well so from there I was like able to see and be like oh this is like I read plays for my course what about maybe giving a hand at writing my right. own plays yeah and also with the youth theatre company that I was a part of like near the end when I was leaving a lot of the work that the company was creating was started being very autobiographical and devised work So we stopped bringing in plays that other playwrights had written and the work that was starting to be created at the time when I was just leaving was work that was made with the young people. What ideas did they want to explore in the world and how did they want to present them and the work was being created by them. So I think that seed of creation and it being coming from yourself started to be planted there as well. And then at uni away from it all, I was able to start exploring my own ideas and the things that I wanted to write about and create. And I think for me, the things that have always interested me because I wasn't born in the UK, I came here when I was five years old with my family. So I'm originally from Colombia. So a lot of things that interest me is the story of people that migrate to different countries. And for me, being in the UK and being Latin American, and seeing that our Latin American people only started coming to the UK sort of in the 60s, 70s. So we're still quite a young nationality here presented in the UK. But because it's um, a group of people that I've been a big part of since I was here, I've seen Latin American grow here in the UK and in theatre as well. Like the last few years, a lot of Latin American artists have started to pop up in the industry. So for me, it's kind of also an exciting time to be in theatre because I'm seeing more of the people that I have a connection with or people that have similar stories to me be presented and those are kind of the stories that yeah I also want to present in. So I straight out of uni I then worked front of house for ATG at the Harold Pinter Theatre which is really good being in a theatre venue I then got to see shows for free in a sense because I was I was working but when you you're an usher and you get to sit in. Yeah, yeah, you get to see the whole thing, and then you get to see the way that it's yeah, presented on stage and the liveness of how the show, which is the great thing about theatre, like the liveness of that interaction between what's on stage and what the audience then interact with. And then also working part-time with the youth theatre company. I was able to work with the young people in the shows that they created. Um, and then the way that good Cop... Bad Cup then came around was really like the I think things aligning in the sense of that like the show that I was recently working on with the youth theatre company is called When This Is Over, which is a show that we were working on with our 14 to 18-year-olds, and the show touched on some stuff to do with climate change and how young people accord the generation of change. And Actually, they don't want that. They don't want to be the generation of change. They don't want it put on themselves. It's like the adults are the ones who can make the change in the world. And it's like, well, they don't really have the resources and sometimes they don't have the power to make those changes. So why are we putting it on them and being like, oh, the world is in good hands because the younger generation have all the correct thoughts when it's like, yeah, we should be making those changes now as well. So because those themes were in the play and then the space theatre had commissioned to write a play which I'd written which touched on what it means to be an immigrant in the UK and it was set in futuristic world where if for example if you wanted to get citizenship in the UK what does that mean and how far will someone go to gain citizenship in a country so I had that connection with the space and then when they said that they were hosting the good cop bad cop they spoke to me and were like would you be interested (laughs) in writing something for this festival and I was like oh actually I'm already kind of surrounded by these ideas and thinking about what this means so it would be interesting to also write something to do with climate change or an exploration of what that might mean to someone.
0: What, what you said about writing about your own story is quite interesting for me because when I was growing up and that was A little little while before you were growing up, I always (laughs) thought novelists and and playwrights wrote something that was almost entirely out of yourself, out of Mm -hmm. their own life. And creativity meant that being able to think about other people's stories that had nothing to do with yours. And then the more I read, the more I realised, but way into my maybe 30s, 40s, is it me? I don't know. That actually loads of people write from their own experiences and maybe the issue that we're not hearing enough well enough enough of different experiences and enough of different people talking about the same experiences yeah like how how natural was it for you that you would talk about your own experience how natural is that is that something that one feels the right thing to do
1: or not yeah I think It was seeded from the work that I did with the youth theater company that Mm -hmm. I was a part of. Even if we explored a play, I think they always found a way of connecting it to the members that were part of the company. So all of the tasks that they gave us was like, then how do you connect with this? Mm. Because I think in anything, even when I was doing the course at UEA, mm-hmm. and the main point of that was acting, a lot of the things that they were teaching was like, how do you connect with this character? And how do you make this character real or true? Be it in movement or be it from that method acting perspective of you putting yourself in those character shoes. So I think a lot of theatre in whatever element you might be doing is a lot about emotions and how you connect with things. So even if it's something completely that you've never experienced you always find a way of connecting with it and bringing it to life and I feel like when you do that then it becomes true and then that's when the audience are then able to connect with something because you're putting something on that's kind of true even though it was a world that's created that's very different like the one that I wrote in April is a world that kind of doesn't exist because it was set sort of in the future and in a kind of dystopian universe the themes very much still touched and were about things that maybe I'd experienced or I knew people had experienced so I was able to then base it on real life and create those worlds
0: Perhaps I was being too simplistic and thinking, right, what you know is like, right, how you live, where you live, the kind of, you know, social class that you live in, the ethnic group that you live with. But what I'm hearing from you is that right, what you know could be just about what you feel. And how you react to things, even if you are put in a totally different setting. Now, there is a link in my mind between this and environment, because when I first started work, I thought climate change would be something that would be a problem after I retire. So I could actually do some easier work while I worked and i quite quickly realised that wasn't going to be the case. I mean, I'm sure that there, there are still people who think this, like, this is not my issue. This is not my issue now. Here, yeah. it's someone else's issue. How can we use theatre? How do we make them care?
1: Yeah, I think it's a hard one because I think there's definitely has been a misselling of climate change being the day-to-day person's fault. Mm. And these things that we get sold and told that, like, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this. And it's making it seem like it's an individual. And it's like, you have to do this. And then you get this mentality of like, if I'm doing it, why isn't someone else doing it? And then I feel like then this bitterness creeps up, which I think is very similar to the stuff that's happening right now with COVID as well, this bitterness of like, oh, I'm doing it, but you're not doing it. And there's no sense of community of people coming together and being like, oh, actually, if we all came together and Yes, we do need to do these little things, but it's also the big corporations and the bigger things. And it's in legislation and it's in the people who can actually make the decisions of how things are run. So there's like a balance between that connection as well of like the day to day person who might need to do a little bit of recycling. But in the end. We might be recycling, but the way that fast fashion works and the way that they create and the way that jeans are made and the way that water is used to make jeans and all these things. And it's like the way that fit can work is, I think, the way that it's always done, which is like the way that it might present an idea of something that is happening in the world so you get to see it from a different perspective and then be able to just open up a way of thinking that might be different than what everyone is saying at the moment might be good or it might be bad and it might be actually, oh, actually, if we all keep thinking this way, this might be something that will happen in the world where we all become individualistic and no one actually cares about each other. Maybe that's a world that might need to be presented on stage. When it really works, it's the ones that makes its audience think about what they've seen on stage a bit more and question things. But we also need the types of theatre that take us away and put us in. Like a fantasy world and worlds. I think the world needs a bit of everything. Like, if yes. all theatre was just making us think about the things that are going on in life, oh my gosh, it'd be so After deep.
0: After while, no one would go. Yeah, exactly. Guess, yeah, so, the world yeah. needs the
1: balance of everything, I think.
0: Mm. But that's quite a different op- approach to what sort of topic experts take. Topic experts tend to tell people how things are, they, how, they think things are mm-hmm. and how things might turn out whereas I, I guess good theatre shows what might, it might look like as you are saying what might a world where everyone collaborates looks like versus what a world everyone fights or everyone is bitter <laughs> is that resenting each other yeah. um, blaming each other for things that are happening when we spoke about a good cop bad cop play that you did you and I had an had a point in common where about making this relevant for people mm-hmm. and I guess our understanding of what relevance means is naturally different and it should be but you had a particular way of making it relevant for you and I'd like you to speak about that play now a little bit yeah. and how how is climate change now and in the future relevant for you and how is that reflected in your play
1: yeah um, the title
0: of which is
1: are you ready Because at this moment in time, because of the age that I am, the thing that I connected with most was housing, Mm -hmm. because everyone I know right now is looking for housing in terms of buying their own places to live. And then this is going to be then the home of any future children or family that I might have. So you have a place where you can call your own. I think I always tend to connect to the things that are in my present or in my peripheral, because one of the first things when I moved to this flat that I really scared me, or I was worried about one of the first things that you get taught about when you get taught climate change is like the flooding that's going to happen because of the melting of the polar ice caps. So when my parents were like bidding for the council home that we might be living in as our permanent home in my head I was like oh I don't want to be anywhere near water because if the <laughs> because in the future it might flood and we live right next to the river so I think those things were in my mind as well and when I was thinking about what a future home might be I was just thinking about the basics of what everyone thinks do you want to live close to a station do you want to live close to these to so, like walking distance from your work and just those normal things but then when I spoke to you it was like oh actually thinking about those things is thinking about the now but it wasn't really influenced about what a future world might be so I was just thinking about me right now in the future but not letting what a future world might be influence my thinking and that's where it opened up for me of oh if anyone is actually thinking about buying a future home and if there isn't legislation or if the government isn't thinking about what the world might look like in the future, then they're not thinking about the buildings that they're building right now for a future because actually they might not be in government when those buildings are there or things like that. That was the thinking that came into the play of the normal things that people think about when they're buying a home, which is like actually am I going to be able to afford it because do I have a job that will tell um a bank that I can afford a place. But then there are the other little things which are like, oh, buildings aren't being built right now for a world that might be a little bit hotter. For example, the flat that I live in, they didn't think about that. And because London has gotten hotter in the last few years, everyone who was on the right side of the building, they had to install ceiling fans into it. So it's like, you built it and then this is an extra cost that you're having to put in instead of if you would have pre-thought about what the world would look like
0: but not so much into the future either because it's a new building right yeah yeah
1: but then as someone who would be thinking of buying a home you just trust that the place that you're buying has been built correctly and then all these costs are going to then come up in the future when actually if your house does get hotter but they've not built the windows or the house in a way where ventilation can naturally happen then it might be an extra cost that you would have or an extra cost of what heating might be or if you are on the gas grid and actually everyone then has to change to not be on the gas grid then that's another cost that will come in the future so from like our conversations and the situation that I was living in so I thought oh that would be something that would speak to sort of people of my generation who are thinking of buying homes And if that's something that then people can then start to think about, then if everyone is thinking in that way, or if a few more people are thinking a bit more, then it might change what you ask when you go and buy a house
0: it's fascinating because the housing thing because because you brought it up it reminded me as well how say in the UK there's climate change committee who has a report on housing there's lots of evidence actually exactly as you say how much more expensive it is to Retrofit, redesign a building. And we have a lot of old buildings as well. So it will cost the taxpayer and house owner a lot to adapt their houses to a future climate scenario. But they are sometimes quite, you know, dull topics. (laughs) Lots of numbers, people forever trying to work with graphic designers and animators (laughs) and brilliant minds and committed people to make it more relevant, more interesting, more engaging. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's the personal that's yeah. really the most interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I want to tell you something about actually the previous guest we had in the podcast is called Denise Manka. And she's oceanographer from oceans to the farm. It's called the episode. Mm-hmm. So she said she, she developed lots of technologies to reduce the environmental impacts of producing food. Mm-hmm. Different area. Mm-hmm. But Even though she's a scientist, she's got a lot of patents to her name. What she said in that episode is actually facts don't change people's minds. Emotions do. Making the evidence relevant um, to people, which, you know, us scientists, economists are not the best at them. (laughs) But she also made a new point that I kind of was practicing, but I hadn't thought about it. She also said that it's also the revealing of the emotions of the expert, So how she is passionate about what Mm. she's doing, why she is interested, why she wants to talk about these things. And she said you need to show your personal sides, show your insides, show your thinking and emotions to your audience, to your clients or bosses or whatever, decision makers, not just your facts. And I guess that's ultimately what you're doing when you write a play, right? Even if it doesn't say the character is not called Angie, but it must be quite… yeah I don't know I it's almost it like being naked on stage yeah with your thoughts is that how yeah. it feels is that a scary thing to be so revealing what is or is it a rewarding thing yeah. shall we all tell everyone <laughs> what our hearts are like not yeah. just what what's I in think, our minds
1: I think definitely what Denise said is like a lovely overlap with theatre but then I think also with the way that we are as humans, we always want to connect with people. Like, you know, when you watch a TV program, like X Factor or something like that, you always see someone's story a bit deeper into why they've gone onto this program. And then those are the people that you kind of want to root for because you've seen a bit more about why they're on there. And I think that's just natural in humans to want to connect on a deeper level with people, not just on a surface level. When you know a little bit more about someone, then you're able to connect with them a bit more. And I think definitely when I've seen work that maybe on stage that might not have been presented as well. But if I then understand the story of the writer or the people behind it, and I get to see that actually they've written this from a place that really comes true from them, then that kind of changes the perspective of of what I see on stage. If I kind of know a bit more about the writer, or I know a bit more about why they've chosen to put this on stage, it opens it up just a little bit more to that human connection of like, oh, maybe you didn't get it right in terms of maybe some of the things that you presented, but I get where you were coming from and that connection that you were making. It is a bit scary. I think anything that you put on stage, which is very similar to, I guess, anything that we do where other people will be looking and then judging or putting their thoughts on, that's scary for anyone in whatever field they're working in of being like, I've put my heart and soul into writing this piece, into doing this research. So it's about... It is scary putting yourself out there and putting your work out because it's something you've created and I think we're all afraid of failure and people not liking us or the things that we do. But then it's about changing the perspective of what it means to succeed, which is something that someone told me when I was doing a writing course. They were like, what does success mean to you when you are a playwright? Does success mean that for me, in my example, that everyone in my audience is of Latin American descent And that might be success to me that I take a play to a theatre and the whole audience is filled with people who are from Latin America. That might be success. Or is success a play that I've written going on and being in the West End? So it's about what does success mean to you? And then that's when it's not as daunting or as scary if it's something a bit more personal.
0: Judge yourself by your own goals and standards, not by someone else's expectations, perhaps. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Wait, I was going to come come to the migration thing, because you mentioned about your um, background heritage, where, where you're from, where you still feel clearly strong belonging to. And of course, I'm from somewhere else as well. I think both value the openness of United Kingdom that allows you to express both British sides of ourselves and where we come from, um, and migration is an issue with climate change as well because it's one of the big global risks that people are forced to migrate. Yeah, not doesn't become a choice or it's not a choice, and because of environmental impacts, like people say, you can't say climate change is the cause of war in Syria, but a lot of people say it's actually a contributing factor because there were years and years of drought in the rural areas and people moved had to move to cities, in unbalancing the the very delicate balance between different groups of people in poor parts of cities that sort of sparked. Sparked the, the conflict. And there are many other places like that, of course.
1: Do you think it's
0: been talked about enough? Or yeah. Do you think
1: about that? yeah, I definitely don't think it's something that's spoken about because I think the, I only came across the term very briefly, maybe a few years ago, of people that because of climate change have had to migrate. And it's not something that is spoken about in the media or... People don't really speak about it that much. Um, I have an issue with the way that migration is spoken about in the media anyway, because of the word and the language and everything that's used. And it's not very personal. And I think the way that it's spoken about, we forget that people that are migrating are human beings and that everyone deserves to want to live a better life. And you can choose to do that wherever Mm. you see fit. And especially the UK personally my own personal opinion being a country that at the moment doesn't seem to be welcoming to people from other nations and if this is going to be something that is growing and is going to grow because of the way that climate change is going to affect migration because people are going to have to move because the lands that they live in aren't going to be hospitable anymore or Because of flooding or the things that are going to happen in the future, Mm -hmm. then we definitely do need to think about it beforehand so that we're able to actually create a plan to Mm -hmm. welcome people. I think it's that thing of like being one step ahead. If you know that these things might happen, it's just about creating the structures so that when it does come, you're Mm -hmm. ready.
0: You're making a fantastic case for strategic thinking in public sector. I think. I mean, what's the job of people who work for the state and the government, if it's not to actually think about? things that other people are not thinking about in the future things. And a bit like, you know, given you said in your own growth, you you went to youth theater. I'm sure that was publicly supported by and privately publicly. I don't know what their funding structure was, but we have to do these things. We have to put our taxpayers' money into these things so that we can actually hear from different people, give them stage, give them the screen, hear everyone's stories. Yeah. To to stop what you were saying earlier that actually we understand each other a bit mm-hmm. better. So we stop blaming each other for whatever is happening to everybody. Yeah. But actually have to collaborate. We spoke about what started you yeah. in this. But what will keep you in it?
1: I definitely think that thing of like the idea that different stories need to be told because even in day to day life, I've, because I am someone who is an immigrant in the UK, I've always been surrounded by people who are different than me. And I think I've always been drawn to people who are like me, but also have different experiences. And I was very lucky to have gone to a um, secondary school in East London that had a mixture of different cultures. When you're surrounded by different cultures, then you're not scared of what different cultures mean. So I think, What's keeping me in it is the idea that we still need to present a world where difference is okay. It doesn't mean that you can't be yourself. It just means that there's so much more to learn and so much more to explore and so much more to care about. So I think that's maybe what's keeping me in it in terms of like being a Latin American in the UK. This is a voice that's not heard much in theatre here in the UK. So it would be really cool for people to see the experiences of different people on stage. But then also with the youth that I work with or the young people that we work with, everyone is so different and their voices need to be heard and their experiences need to be heard. These are, again, voices that have not been seen as much in UK theatre. So what's keeping me in it is that being able to share and listen to and explore different stories and that's still needed very much. So until the day that that's not needed anymore, I guess, <laughs> or until okay, the day you're gonna many. have a long career, <laughs> I can tell you that. Much.
0: But yes, but it's it is really good, isn't it? That you might be from Latin America, but your stories are universal. You're not always, and I think that's a misconception that immigrants can only speak about immigrants. I remember reading a Turkish novelist being interviewed after winning the Nobel Prize for Literature, Orhan Pamuk, and he said, when someone else writes. A love story, a love novel, it's a love novel. When I write a love novel, it's a Turkish love novel. Mm. It isn't. It's just a love novel. Yeah. I just happen to be Turkish. Yeah. There's one question I have. The final one is, what's your one, one tip for people that they can take from a playwright, from a theatre worker, that would help them with their work in the environment, that would help them with their life in general?
1: Oh, I think maybe that thing that we've spoken about, where it's about the personal. and I think people just really want to connect with the personal and those stories. And I think that's also where I found it easier and also harder to write. When something's really personal, it's harder to then hand it over to someone else to present because it's like these stories and these people are come from me or it's based off someone that I know. But that's also when people connect the most because they see the trueness in that. So, yeah, just remembering that connection that we all want to always have as humans with other people. And I think bringing that into your work and the things that you do will always, yeah, make people relate to the work a bit more.
0: Don't forget we're all people. We're not sort of experts or chief something or other officer. there's a human behind that title right
1: exactly
0: (laughs) it was so good speaking to you angie especially on this isn't it an incredibly gray (laughs) saturday afternoon in london yeah you brought light into my afternoon Uh, and i'm sure you'll bring that to everyone who's listening to you as well thank you very much thank you for listening Thank you to the rest of the team, Neil McCune and Anna Gunn. You can find more information about this and other episodes on our website, jointhedotspodcast.com. And we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.